Thank you. Welcome to the Wet Bandits Podcast Season 2, everyone, even those of you on Periscope. This is very exciting. Look, we're going to break the cocoon. <laughs> cocoon. <laughs> we're going to break the cocoon here right off the bat. Everyone on Periscope watched the first 15 minutes of us talking and not recording, which has happened before in the Jagged Little oh, Pill yeah. episode oh, from man. season one. Except luckily, that we didn't do the same thing this time. That time we recorded like an hour yeah. before I realized that I had stopped the recording. Mm. So anyway, we had a, I blew it. We had a little snafu. But I'm going to explain what's all the new toys and then we'll move from there. Sorry, Periscope, go to the refrigerator or something. <laughs> Get something to eat. All right, so... Why is Wet Bandits Podcast Season 2 so exciting? There's many reasons why. One, we're on Periscope, so we will be shooting this live. That will be the uncut, uncensored, lots of screw-ups as evidenced already, yep. foreshadowed perhaps at right. first, yeah, and just the long version. The long. So 15 minutes longer sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the We've also got GoPros here, so we're going to be putting these on YouTubes. That's going to be the second longest version. That's because with these new toys that we have, we will be learning new, or we will be listening to songs in their entirety during the episode. People on the podcast, the traditional podcast, you won't hear that because we'll cut it down for you because that's the polite and probably better thing to do. Mm-hmm. But on YouTube, we'll try to make it entertaining for you. Uh, but anyway, th- that will be a little more edited, but mostly uncut also. This is where this is where the term cocoon comes into play. Periscopers watched us develop this term. It's the podcast version of breaking the fourth wall. To break the cocoon for you listeners of the podcast, what what we were talking about was in season one, we were very slick mm-hmm. with the effects and the splicing <laughs> and the mixing. And what we would do is we would say, and now we're going to listen to a clip from The Color and the Shape. And we'd be like, here we go. And then while we were actually recording the podcast, Sam and I would just stare blankly at each other for about 30 seconds and nothing would happen. And then I would put that bit in the song or put that bit of the song into the podcast later. And, and yeah, so we weren't actually ever listening to anything. Sometimes we pretended we did. Sometimes we'd just be like, Oh, you know, but we'd always know what we were sort of listening to, but we weren't actually listening to it. Now, in season two, we will be. It's very exciting. And it's hopefully going to allow this whole process to be much easier for us. And we can do a season that's more than 10 episodes long and then take shorter than like an eight-month break between seasons. Is that long? <laughs> I think it is. I think <laughs> it's pretty long. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like uh, the podcast version of Stranger Things. Oh. Like, how long has the break been between season two and three? I have no It's going to be like over a year and a half. Damn. And I I don't know that, but it feels like it. It feels like it. Right? Okay. So that's everything we needed to go over about season one to season two. We need to clink. We only did that to periscopers. Clink. Clink. Again, video will see the clink. 
We need to say the clink for the podcast. Let's do another clink for two clinks for season two. All right. Clink. Oh, this is so great right now. Oh, you know what I should have done? What? Something else. I hope we don't ever need to look anything up on the internet. Oh, you've got your computer. Boom. We both have computer. Okay, I might have to have you look some things up for us. All right, man. All right. So, season one of the podcast was fantastic. It was. It was really great. Some episodes were better than others. I recently looked at the downloads. Mm. Do you want to know what the most popular episode from season one was? Which one? I, I want you to guess. Dude. The Jagged Little Pill. It was that's like third now. Okay. I think Kevin Brennan from the Fairweathered, I think, has been getting his friends to like download it more oh. recently because all of Kevin's episodes have like shot up in the last uh-huh. month. We haven't done anything in the last or maybe it's Russian bots and they're after Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, be careful. But actually it's the um it's the what's the story morning glory episode oh. is the most popular yeah. one. Big album too. So. Yes. And it's a sophomore album. Mm. Hmm. Which brings us to the theme of season two. Season one did not have a theme, but we liked to just look at cool albums and go over them. How did we pick them? Oh, yeah. I would like randomly choose them. Oh, yeah. I'd like pick a number between one and 300. Let's say I picked like 22. Mm-hmm. I'd find the 22nd album in my Oh, really? Like CD collection, and that's how I would pick. Now, sometimes we'd have them suggested by people. Mm-hmm. Like Jagged Little Pill, I didn't own it oh, until yeah. Fandits suggested it. Thank you, Jamie and Emily. But, but yeah, so that's how we chose them. Now, this time we had a much more focused theme. Mm-hmm. And that theme is going to be sophomore albums because this is our sophomore season. We are going to do sophomore albums. Lots of times... Uh, well, there's a little thing. I don't know if it's sports or music or both mm-hmm. or what, but you've heard of this sophomore slump? Have you heard of oh, this? Oh, yeah. yeah. you heard of this, yeah. the sophomore slump? Sophomore slump. Yeah. It's where you kick it real with a tasty groove uh-huh. on album one, and then you blow it on album two. Well, let me tell you, what we've done is painstakingly gone through our album collection and determined the five worst sophomore albums from the 90s and the five best. And by painstakingly, I mean we haven't even decided on all of them yet. Oh. That's, not <laughs> that's, not, that's not entirely true, but you, Sam, you don't know what I've chosen yet, have you? No. Now, it, that doesn't mean that I am unilaterally deciding for everyone what these are. I could probably guess one. Oh, for sure, yeah. but don't guess it yet. Yeah, I'm not. We'll tell them yeah. later. I have a whole list. So is the fifth best or fifth worst, is that just a terrible album or like the biggest letdown? This, I'm so glad you brought it up. We did not plan this, but I wanted you to ask me that. Uh-huh. Because I think for these purposes, it's it's got to be the biggest letdown. Yeah. Because, because for one thing, none of these are really that bad, mm-hmm. you know? I'm sure I can find some crappy bands <laughs> right, right. Second yeah, album second, and yeah. be like, that was that really, was, sh- that was shit. That was a slump. <laughs> that was a sophomore slump. That was worse than a sophomore. What was? It? What did we call it? I don't know. Oh no! What's the term? Not a slump. Cocoon. No. <laughs> Is it a called a sophomore slump? No. I think that's what you said before. Is that what yeah, I said? Yeah. Guys, I think I just had a stroke on the air. 
don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sophomore slump. Okay. That's, that is what it is. That's called a slump. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to edit that out of the pod. Am I right? You are right. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Whew. Where were we? Uh, t- we were talking about, is it the fifth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The absolute worst or no. the letdown? No, it's the letdown. And and the one we're going to talk about today, I think, is evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's a letdown. Because certainly there's worse albums overall. Right. But we got to look at the how good the first one was and how how we anticipated the second one mm-hmm. was. Because the first one doesn't have to be awesome in comparison to the second right. one. It just has to like have been big enough that people were really excited about mm-hmm. the second one. Um as for the the fifth best and and on down, I don't think we have to relate that to the first one at all. Like, for example, um, let's do let's do something from let's do Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like Led Zeppelin one and two. Like just because Led Zeppelin one is great doesn't make Led Zeppelin two any worse. Mm-hmm. And I don't know which you prefer, but it's it's kinda like if I don't know which do you think is better, one or two? See, they're it, and I wanted to talk about this, but I didn't know if we wanted to talk about it before we talk about an, one of the albums or after we talk about it. Do you want to just table it till we get there, and then we can talk about Led Zeppelin or whatever? Sure. Okay, let's do it. This is what happens when we don't plan anything ahead of time. Okay, so let's just start revealing them. All right. And then I have a little question for you at the end. All right. We're gonna do a little bit. Bit. Yeah, we're going to do a little bit at the end. It's going to be a fun bit, okay? So, without further ado, let's I say we start with the worst. Yeah. The I fifth agree. worst album of sophomore album, The Slump. The fifth worst sophomore slump of the 90s. And that's going to be a little album called Title of Record <laughs> by Filter. May only be the fifth worst sophomore album, definitely the worst name. Definitely. Title of record. That is someone who thinks he's being funny, but like totally whiffs. Like, let's just name a title of record. That's how little we care. Yeah. That's right? such a, nah. I was going to say, like, that's such a 90s thing, kind of. Maybe it is. Yeah. It probably is. I don't know. But anyway, terrible name for a record. This is a good example of a record I think is the only reason. Um, it's in the running mm-hmm. is because it was highly anticipated. Uh, I don't have you ever listened to any filter record before I no, sent you this one? No. Okay. Um what what did you think of this one? Title of record? Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> did you like were there any redeeming qualities? How would you describe it? I don't it's kind of what's on like it's kind of like popular rock right now. I was going to say, you know? it actually fits in well now. Yeah. Like it's, I don't want to say it aged well mm-hmm. because it's not good, but it definitely fits in yeah, the, today's music. Like, yeah, hard rock, whatever. Yeah. Right. With a little bit, it's a little too industrial for yeah. now, right? Mm. Like it definitely has a lot of synths and like, like I said, industrial stuff. And I just wasn't a big fan of the lyrics. They're terrible. Like they got this power riff, and he's saying like, I, I 
can't even remember, but yeah, honestly, I didn't examine the lyrics too much mm-hmm. to this because usually I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, he—I don't know. I just don't like him. Is the other yeah. thing. Like I don't like Richard Patrick. Dude, fuck that guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. So we're we're not fans. You know, I there there are going to be a couple of these worst albums that I'm going to have to stick up for mm-hmm. a little bit, but not this one. I've owned this for a long time, and I listened to it, oh, yeah. but I never, it was mm-hmm. never like in my, I don't know, CD player in my car, which back in the 90s and early 2000s when you drive around, and that's when I listened to my jams. Yeah. If you didn't make it in my CD player, you weren't that good of an album, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So, anyway. But I will admit the riffs are good. Yeah. Some of it... Some of it is not the worst. Yeah, the the riffs are. Yeah. Riff, anyway, riffage. Let's riffage. let's get into it. Ooh, you know what I meant to do? I meant to think of '90s terms to call these songs rather okay. than just saying the worst or the best. Yeah. Okay. Did you think of any? No. Okay, we're gonna call the worst the bogus song. Bogus. Bogus. All right. It's probably a little '80s too. Uh-huh. But. People said that in the 90s, right? I don't know. Who knows? We'll come up with better ones for next time. So, Sam, I always ask... <laughs> by the way, I'm, I'm going to propose to you right now. All right. Would you just be my podcast co-host? Dude, I will be your podcast. Will you accept yeah. this I will accept. handshake? Okay. So, <laughs> because you weren't on every episode. No. And so I need a co-host and... The reason I'm saying this now is because I was about to say, I always let the guest go first. Uh-huh. But since I, you know, since I want you to like actually be the co-host, I don't want to do it that way. However, since I chose the album in this case, I think you should go first. Okay. So what did you think was, and we're not, if you listened to the previous season, we'd always do best song, worst song, hidden gem. And we're still going to do that with, the fifth best album from the night, sophomore album from the nineties. But for for this, we don't like it. So why why struggle finding the best song from this album and the hidden gem? Uh-huh. Let's just talk about what sucked. So what's the most bogus song from title of record in your opinion? Bogus? Yes. Dude. Well not okay, hold on. Let me back up. We were only choosing, really, yeah. from the singles. Yeah. So, <laughs> of the two, which is worse? We've got Welcome to the Fold. Dude, Welcome to the Fold. <laughs> okay, here we go. Take your shit. <laughs> so you hate that song, eh? I don't hate it. Okay. But it's it's just I don't really think it's special in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. 
Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Mm. However, um, it's not my least favorite. In fact, in fact, on the whole album, it's probably my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I think the riff's pretty hard. Uh-huh. You know the. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But you know, <clears throat> listening to the uh, current rock now, it's like nothing. Nothing is stands out to me yeah yeah there's no like evolution yeah there's no like it's almost like the problem is that it could come out today right because because, and and granted i guess you could argue well it was different then yeah right right but it wasn't that different yeah it's just my perspective yeah i mean it was just it was nine inch nails with guitars yeah and and i know that's selling richard patrick well i already said i don't like him but I think that's just because he's a jerk. Like, mm. mu- musically, that doesn't, you know, maybe he's fine. But he was the guitar player for Nine Inch Nails for, like, half a minute. He actually wasn't even on. Uh, I don't think he ended up on Nine Inch Nails' uh, debut album at all on the recordings. He was just their touring guitar player. Oh, really? And then when Trent Reznor was working on Downward Spiral, he he told Richard Patrick, like, hey, man, go start your other an, a band for yourself while I'm working on this. And that's Filter. And then um, and then I think Filter kind of took off for him, and he just left. Yeah. Um, because he's more of a guitar guy than Trent Reznor was. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you end up with this band. And <laughs> he's just – and maybe that song's guitar-heavy. There's a few guitar-heavy songs yeah, yeah. in here. But like we were saying, it, it fits in so well now. Mm-hmm. And it's just – like what would you point to in this that's like oh that's interesting or right, or right. uh unique and th- there's really nothing mm-hmm. as much as i don't like him his voice is sort of unique like yeah, he's yeah. got this like high pitched like wail yeah. that if he i've never seen him live i have no real interest mm. but if he can control that that's pretty impressive i guess yeah yeah i, guess. I yeah i thought the vocal sounded good yeah so anyway that's welcome to that's my favorite song on the whole album. It gets Sam's most bogus. Now again, part partly because we figure nobody we're not trying to get people into this album. Although you can check it out if you want to see if we're up a creek or not. But we're really just looking at the singles and there were only two. Yeah. And since Welcome to the Fold was one, Take a Picture was the other one. And I had to pick which was worse. Clearly, Take a Picture was my least favorite. So here, take a little listen. And that was take a picture. <laughs> um, so you like that one better? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, you would not expect that. No, I would not. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Um. This can go lower. No, I don't think so, bro. It's cool. I'll just pick this up. Um. Whoops. Whoops. Sam lost his headphones for the people listening on podcast. Here's my thing with Take a Picture. It is so boring. 
It is so boring. Dude, it is totally elevator music, man. Yeah. Yes. I've never thought of it that yeah. way. I'm sorry to yell. But yeah, it is elevator music. I picture it like in an animated Disney movie. Yeah. Like, it fits. I don't know, it's about like like the fox and the half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but not in 1998 yeah, or whenever yeah, this came yeah. out. This This was like one of the most popular songs on the radio. Way more popular than mm-hmm. Welcome to the Fold. Because obviously it's crossover. Right, yeah, they yeah. probably played it on WNCI. Uh-huh. Um, so it was on the Blitz, which back in the day act- didn't just play like metal. Yeah. Um, so it was on the Blitz, and it was probably on WNCI, like mm-hmm. I said, QFM ninety six. Yeah. And and all the like softer stuff, and I liked it too. Like back then, I was in college mm-hmm. when you know a couple years after this came out, and my roommate and I. Shout out to Ben Webb. We used to have a list of tunes that we called bedtime songs. Bedtime songs. Yeah. And we would go to bed, like lay in bed, and Ben would choose bedtime songs. We'd have a little bedtime playlist. Mm-hmm. Take a picture was a, a staple of the bedtime playlist. Yeah. But it is totally boring. It's so monotonous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only one chord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and l- so playing it would be just as boring mm-hmm. as listening to it. It's, it just does nothing for me. Like I could barely stand to listen to it for like a minute. I don't know why people liked it so much, including me. I don't know why I liked it, but people did. I don't know. It kind of has that beat that kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. The money beat. Yeah, when we were sound checking for this, that's right, we sound checked for this. We could not stop t- getting that beat from blowing out our monitor oh, yeah. for the Periscope yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, but I don't know, man. That's that song. I just think sucks. Um, yeah, I history. Mean, I don't think looks kindly on Take a Picture. Yeah, a little background on it well, if you want to hear it. Well, I knew the song. You did? Yeah. Oh, good. Because yeah. sometimes you don't. Yeah. Which I don't expect you to, but yeah. no, no, I, I uh, recognize that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, because you it go. probably wasn't a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. Uh, yeah. But it could have been. It could have been, man. Speaking of hearing filter in strange places, I've got two little bits to okay. tell you about. So, um, take a picture. Is well, well, Phil tried to go on a break after mm-hmm. this because guess what? Spoiler alert, Richard Patrick was an alcoholic, like oh. every famous musician. Yeah. And Take a Picture is, if you listen to the lyrics, it's about him getting drunk on a plane mm-hmm. and like being out of control, right? So do you want to take my picture? Because I won't remember. Like that's oh, yeah. literally, literally what he's talking about. Um, That's not that interesting. And I think a lot of people probably could have assumed that, uh-huh. right? But what people might not have known is that Richard Patrick is the brother of Robert Patrick. Do you know who Robert Patrick is? No. Have you seen a little movie called Terminator 2? No. Okay. Dude, I'm sorry, man. I had an idea for this season of the podcast also. Okay. Um, In addition to these albums, <clears throat> which are only going to last us like five episodes, uh-huh. If we talk long enough, maybe we'll split them into a couple. Yeah. But really, you know, this is only five eps of material. I think we should watch a movie 
And okay. not not on the podcast, but we should watch a movie yeah. and then get on the podcast and uh. talk about it. And that movie might have to be Terminator 2. Okay. Because one, it effing rules. And two, it has Richard Patrick's brother Robert in it as the T-1000. Yeah. So like when you see... Like when you see a cartoon or a movie where a villain is chasing someone and their body just like moves through metal bars, you yeah. don't you don't get that joke. Oh, <laughs> that's what it comes yeah, from. I, I, Terminator yeah. Two is yeah. the original. Yeah, um, yeah. So you got to see it. Yeah, dude. I mean, I don't mean to belittle you in front of the listeners dude. and the camera, dude, dude, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you you can belittle me if there's some movie that we bring up that I haven't seen that I need to see. What about Pokemon the movie, bro? I haven't seen it. <laughs> belittle me. <laughs> belittle me. Is that a 90s film? Yeah, dude. All right. May, that might be funnier. Dude, actually, uh, what? Uh, Blessed Union of Souls. Uh-huh. They have a song in there. Brother, my brother. Who's the brother? I don't know. It's like Pikachu? Dude, well, if we want to get into this, man. So yes, we do. So Mewtwo, I don't know if you know who Mewtwo is. Mewtwo is bad. Yeah, he's the bad. He's mm-hmm. a bad Pokemon. I actually know a little bit. I think of this story. Okay. Can I tell you what I think it yeah, is? Yeah. So what I think it is, and you can laugh if I, I think Mewtwo. the The premise of the movie is like Mewtwo becomes aware that he's like a slave. He's like a clone. Okay. Of Mew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so then, why is he evil? So he clones the trainer's Pokemon, and he makes him more powerful. And then there's a scene in the movie where Mewtwo's clones are pretty much kicking the other Pokemon's ass. And they all, they get sad, and then Ash turns into a sat- statue, and then they're tears. Why, why is Mewtwo bad? What's he mad about? I don't know, man. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> okay. I well, th- he woke up mad. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> he was birthed yeah. bad. Well, okay, we're going to have to watch it. Yeah. He so when I walked my 5 kilometers and Mewtwo hatched out, he was bad. You He's ha- probably a 10k egg. You hatched a, a Mewtwo? Hell no. Yeah. I was just going back to Mewtwo doesn't come from an egg. No. <laughs> I was just I was just trying to, you know, work in Com- some Pokémon Go knowledge in there. Yeah, yeah, he comes from a laboratory. Well, he would if he came from an egg, clearly a 10k egg. Is is that long? Yeah, that's yeah. the longest egg, if I remember. So anyway, back to the podcast. The last thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm going to belittle you again. Did you ever watch the documentary I asked you to watch numerous times called Hired Gun? Oh, yeah. You did? Yeah. Do you remember the filter bit in there? Yeah. Yeah, did that make you hate Richard Patrick? Yeah. Okay, anyone out there who hasn't seen Hired Gun on Netflix, watch that shit. It's yeah, good, isn't it, it? It is good, yeah. Yeah, I, everyone I forced to watch it likes it. Including my wife and parents, uh-huh. and they don't always like this stuff. Okay, so if you haven't seen it, watch it. There is a little, and uh, fill me in or fill it in if I leave anything out. But they have the bass player from Filter in there, who seems like a very affable, yeah. like, very nice guy, and he basically says that Richard Patrick wouldn't pay pay them. <clears throat> like he paid them crap. He yeah. obviously he paid them something, but he paid them crap. And when he would kind of, and he also wouldn't let them take part in like signings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and Richard Patrick's thing was basically like, Hey man, they're here to see me. They're not here to see you. Like if you want to 
get more money and get more fame than go make your own band. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I get that. Like, right. he's he's right. Mm-hmm. However, there there is just the level of, like, no appreciation for not being able to play all five instruments. Yeah. Like, like okay, if that's the way you want to be, fine. But he, Richard Patrick should understand, like, people don't want to come see Richard Patrick by himself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Richard Patrick is the person that fans want to see when they're in line to sign something. Yeah. But they're not paying tickets to see Richard Patrick stand up there alone playing karaoke. Right. Right? They yeah. come to see a damn band. Mm-hmm. So, like, he owes them something. And maybe Richard Patrick thinks the minimum pay that he gives them is is worth that. Like, he pays them what he thinks they're worth. And, you know, I think he kind of even alludes to the fact that he could get anybody is probably also mm-hmm. true. Probably. Like there are a bunch of people out there. Yeah. Filters music is not difficult. Mm-hmm. He can probably find anybody off the street that mm-hmm. would be willing to do it. It's just a jerk move. Like it's just a complete jerk move. And so I so that's really why I was turned off by Richard Patrick. Richard Patrick is also in the documentary and basically says the same thing. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. He's just a complete dickhead. Yeah. Um so that was interesting. And do you remember what the bass player's job is now? Dude, yes. What does he do now? Uh, is it Carl's Jr.? Yes. The voice for the commercial? <laughs> He's the voice yeah. for the Carl's Jr. commercials yeah. and Hardee's, which is great. I think that's so funny. So I think I think we're good to end it on that. Yeah. We're good to end, ta- uh, not take a picture, title of record on that. And you know what I think we're going to do now? Remember when I alluded to the little bit we're going to do? Yeah. I think we put the bit in now. All right. I think we put the bit in right now. This bit is going to be called Craig's Crazy Questions. And if you're looking at this spelled out, make sure you spell questions with a C because we want it to be C-C-C, Craig's Crazy Questions. C-W-E-S-T-I-O-N-S, Craig's qu- Crazy Questions. Who's Craig? Craig's my coworker okay. at my day job. Uh-huh. And Craig loves, well, I think he loves, or he made, maybe just humors me, but Craig often asks me really fun music questions okay. for me to like ponder. Yeah. They're very difficult. I thought about prepping you with this, because obviously I know what the question is. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I had a little moment of panic as I was talking to you, like, oh, crap, I haven't thought about what my answer will be. So you're going first? <laughs> Unless you want me to go first, what uh, what do I? Have I know you don't know what the question is yet, okay. but you have to decide if you're answering first or me. I will answer first. Yes, I love it. You're so brave. So Craig's crazy question number one. Okay. If you could have one musician's, I'm going to give you time to think about this. Okay. By the way, if you could have one musician's ability, who would it be? Now, wait a second. You can only choose, like if you're choosing Chris Cornell, you have to choose his voice or his guitar playing. Yeah. You can't be Chris Cornell, okay? Ability. Yeah, so you gotta t- you got to take his vocal ability, guitar, bass, or drums, okay? You got to pick one of those. Everything else you have is your crappy self. So, <laughs> so again, to reiterate, you can't be like, okay, I'll take... Eddie Vedder's voice. And all of a sudden you also play guitar like Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Okay. Eddie Vedder's a shitty guitar player, yeah, but but I'm just saying. But, but for the sake of argument, James Hetfield. 
if you want to like Ooh. I'm James Hetfield's voice and you happen to play guitar like James Hetfield, that's yeah. a pretty sweet deal. Dude. But you can't do that. You have to pick James Hetfield's guitar or voice. So I'm going to let you think about that while I explain why this question is a little different for us. I think this question actually fits a little better for the listener to think about, the non-musician listener, because I already play guitar. Sam already plays drums. Sam's probably not going to be like, well, Sam could be like, well, I want to be John Bonham's drum ability. But he could also kind of like, he could also take it a different way and be like, well, it might be kind of sweet to be a drummer who can also effing shred. So maybe he's like, I'm cool with my drum abilities. I want to be able to shred. Same with me. Like, I already play guitar, Mm -hmm. but it might be sweet to be an awesome drummer. Okay? So maybe, I don't know how we want to look at this. What angle are you thinking you're going to take? I'm thinking of a guitar player. Okay. Yeah. Pick a drummer after that. Okay. Okay. And I think I'm going to do both. I'm going to pick a guitar player and someone else because okay. I think it's only fair kind of that we pick an instrument, the instrument we actually play. Uh-huh. Um, that makes it a little more difficult. Like the drummer will be more difficult for you. The guitar player will be more difficult for me, I think. Right. Okay. So you go. All right. So I'm going to have to say Eddie Van Halen, man. Really? Yeah. I can't argue. Yeah. I, I was going to go with Jimmy Page, mm-hmm. but Jimmy Page is badass, but Eddie Van Halen, man, can just play, like, anything. Not dissing on Jimmy. Right. But, you know, he and he just looks badass doing it. He puts a right. cigarette in the <laughs> guitar. Now, that cigarette thing, you're going to have to learn to do that yourself. Yeah. That doesn't come along with the guitar oh, Okay. <laughs> So I'm sure you fresh. Could, I'm sure you could figure it out. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's a good pick. Yeah. And a good re- good reasoning too. Um, do you want me since that was your the one that's not a drummer, should I pick I'll pick the one that's not a guitar player. Right? If I could play drums. And then granted, I don't know as much about drums as you do about guitar. Cuz you play a little guitar and I play no drums. Um I think I think I'd pick Chad Smith. Dude, yeah. Um, Because he can, for the same sort of reason that you'd pick Eddie Van Halen, like, I feel like Chad Smith can almost play any style well. Right, you know? yeah. Um, he's not, oddly enough, he's not my favorite drummer. Mm-hmm. He's really good. But my favorite drummer is Chad Gracie from Live. Because I just oh, feel yeah. like he rocks real hard. Uh-huh. Kind of like you like Dave Grohl because yeah, right. he rocks real hard. But Chad Gracie, I feel like, rocks really hard. I'm sure I'll talk about him again in future podcasts, but I think if I needed to pick in a to be able to play like a guy, Chad Smith from oh we should say from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. I think people know where Eddie Van Halen plays. Right. Okay. So that that's my pick: Chad Smith from Red Hot Chili Peppers and maybe more famously Chicken Foot. Dude, Chicken Foot's badass. <laughs> I man. love Chicken Foot. Yeah. Okay, so now pick your drummer. My drummer, dude. Chad Smith, honestly, he's badass. Or John Bonham. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to listeners and me? Because mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get the John Bonham thing. Yeah. Not like I get. I get that he's good. For me, it's more of his like approach. How so? Because you know he goes with this kind of um, simplistic, basic thing, but 
there's so much more detail into you know what what he's playing, even though if it sounds simple. But then he plays something like Moby Dick, and he has that ability, but he chooses not to play. He p- chooses to play the song and not the drums. I guess if that makes sense. No, he he, he doesn't choose to go crazy every song. Oh, he, oh. He, he, cho- he plays like ca- something like Cashmere. Gotcha. And it's just a basic mm-hmm. groove. No, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, so you just mean he's, um, he's not Neil Peart. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, <laughs> or Neil Peart. Yeah. No, are you a Neil Peart fan? I am now. Yeah. 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 But do you feel like he the the um, rap he gets is warranted? Where he kind of overplays? No, not for that style of music. No. Yeah. Oh, I know what I wanted. That reminds me of something else. The end of this episode, we're going to talk about what we're listening to now. Okay, that's usually something we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, going back to John Bonham. Um, actually, uh, what we were talking about was over people who overplay. Can you give yeah. me an example of someone who you think is just like over the top too much drum wise? Travis Barker. <laughs> but the, yeah, yeah. But the for music me, calls for but it. The music calls for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I can't really think of anybody on the top of my head. Yeah, that's like a okay. lot of metal stuff, like uh, today's metal. I think that's over. Oh the top. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the blast beats. I, you know, not nothing against it, but yeah. I just think it's over the top. Yeah. Okay. Um. So now I got to pick a guitar player, and if I was gonna pick a guitar player, ooh, in my head, I just had like a an epiphany where I was like, maybe I should pick a songwriter. Like, ooh. does that count? I think that doesn't count though. That's Maybe. a whole other like Tom Petty branch. Man? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like if I was if I really wanted to hit it big, yeah. be a songwriter. Yeah. But I'd pick Tom Petty and that's yeah. the end of it. So let's not talk about it okay. anymore. Um if we were if I'm picking a guitar player, I think even though I love Van Halen, I love Eddie Van Halen, and I love Jerry Cantrell and I like Allison Chains is my favorite. I think I'd pick Joe Satriani. Oh. And only because, and again, thinking about Chickenfoot, only because he, as an, and you kind of made me think of this, he is an example of a guy who can absolutely overplay. Right. But he, he really doesn't. Especially usually. in Chickenfoot. In Chickenfoot, he really yeah. holds it back. But when he tears it up, it is always awesome. Yeah. Like awesome. His tone is so good. He does all kinds of like, crazy stuff I would never think of mm. like tuning the guitar down a whole step but capoing at the second fret which for people who don't play guitar that's essentially keeping the key the guitar in the same key mm. by adding two steps so you could essentially do nothing to the guitar or he's taking the long way to get to the same point but the reason you would do that is because it does change the tone slightly yeah. so we're not talking about the notes we're talking about how those notes sound mm-hmm. and that is a Crazy idea yeah. that I never would have thought of, but it's sweet and it totally cool. works. Yeah. Um, so he does all kinds of neat stuff. Um, he he is a guitar. He's a baller. Mm. He is great. So, but he comes from a line of that style of guitar player. Who, when I was in high school, uh, my guitar player in my band, I, he did, he had a name for it, but essentially I can't remember what it was. But it was basically guitar players who wrote tv theme songs Mm -hmm. like joe satriani steve vai guys Uh, like eric johnson like their songs sounded like tv theme songs and it really that's pretty accurate which it's basically like guitar prog rock kind of 
uh, Dream Theater, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like, I get what he was saying, but Satriani is just a little different. He he's tasteful. I yeah, think. yeah. So anyway, that's that wraps up Craig's crazy questions for week one. Sam and I will record a theme song for Craig's crazy questions and get it in here. All Let's right, do it. cool. Back to sophomore albums. So the fifth best sophomore album of the '90s, I in my opinion is maybe the most underrated 90s album. It, it maybe, in fact, doesn't belong in the top five sophomore albums, but I think so many people don't think about this album that it's our duty to have it in here. Duty. Our duty. Duty. Duty to have it in here. That album is Purple by Stone Temple Pilots. That's the one with the babies, the cherubs yeah. on it. Okay. Um, it doesn't actually say purple on there, except for in like Chinese letters. I heard um, that when it was released, the LP, the record was actually purple. Mm. I, I don't know if that's accurate or that, if that's something new or. I don't know, but I would believe you. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Did not know that. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm in favor <laughs> of. Just assuming that's accurate. Yeah. Okay. Um, ooh, I need to rearrange some things here. Um, oh, no, I don't. Um, so do you want to say anything about this album before we get to the songs? I, um, yeah, I think it was a good choice by Stone Temple Pilots to kind of make that change. Change from what? Because you're hitting on exactly what yeah, I would say, too. Because um, we're comparing it to Core, right? Right, right, okay. which is... Core's their first ass album. Ass rock. Right. You know, and now they're kind of, you know, it's it's still rocking, but it's more um, towards a bigger audience, you know. With yeah. The, you know, the, and the, a lot of the grunge bands in like 1994 took that um, acoustic approach as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like every other song has an acoustic guitar or, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, you don't hear that on Core. And especially with that producer I forget. Was Brendan. it Brendan O'Brien? Yeah, who yeah. was kind of was he popular? Or oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, they were trying to get big, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, and this is what I was somewhat saying at the beginning. You know, what is a sophomore album? It's like the band is trying to keep their loyal fans, but trying to move in another direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, and I don't, you know, who knows what was going on mm-hmm. in their head. You, maybe everything you're saying is exactly what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, the, my, my, like the, the feeling I have for Stone Temple Pilots, I think is clouded in a good way, clouded by the fact that I think they get such this weird bad rap for being Pearl Jam ripoffs. Really? Yeah. See, this is great that you're here because, like, you're not re- you're not really a child of the '90s. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you like the music now, but you didn't grow up when I grew up, and like, that's just a thing. Like, people yeah. think that Stone Temple Pilots sound just like Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not at all. Not as much as a lot of other bands, anyway. Even Core. Like, Core does not sound. 
core is pretty grungy. Yeah. Like per- Pearl Jam is more like a Reno rock. Yes. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Pearl Jam is an yeah. arena rock band yeah. that happened to get popular at the same time as the yeah. grunge bands. I mean, there's tons of albums that. What, what was it? Ninety one. Where the all those albums like yeah yeah ten yeah, yeah. core so ten. Um, never mind. Ten. Never mind. Those were ninety one. Yeah. I think core and. Um, core and um, another one you said. Did you say another one? Maybe not. Core was ninety two. Yeah. I think. Oh, okay. I think facelift for Mouse and Chains was ninety. Mm. So like they were kind of all in the same you know yeah area, but but the man core it, it's just lazy. It's so lazy mm. to pigeonhole Stone Temple Pilots as a Pearl Jam ripoff. Yeah, yeah. Like and. Scott Weiland did sing differently on mm. core than he does in this album yeah. on purple. It's definitely more melodic in mm. this in purple and core is a little like more angry. I am smelling like a rose. Like, and maybe a little more Eddie Vedder. Yeah. But I don't think his, I don't think that the cohorts like the, the, um, the peers, Stone Temple Pilots peers, think that Scott Weiland is an Eddie Vedder ripoff. Yeah. In fact, I think that a lot of them think Scott Weiland is a better melody writer than Eddie Vedder is, right? They, his nickname was something like the Melody Maker or the oh, Melody really? Man or something. Like people respect Scott Weiland as mm-hmm. like a not just a like a singer, but also as a like a writer of tunes. Yeah. All right, the the yeah, part yeah. you whistle, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I th- I think they get a super bad rap, and this album is super underappreciated. Super, super. Well, I mean, just by the fact of how many singles are on there for one thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, but anyway, so let's. I I say we we get to it now because we'll talk. We'll cover most of the stuff that we want to cover, um, as we talk about these songs. So, raddest song from uh from purple for you raddest yeah that's uh, another word for the best okay well no 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 best single right that's how we did it yeah oh no 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 it's just best song best song i've already forgotten the format before because the best your favorite could still be a hidden gem okay but in your case at least based on what you told me before it is not this one was a single. Yeah, unglued would unglued. be mine. Yeah. That song is sweet. That song is sweet. Rock. <laughs> I should stop muting the mics. But no, we don't want to pick up the vulgar things we say yeah. while those songs are playing. Um, 
Yeah, that song is so sweet. Um, well, why do you like it? Why is it your favorite? Do that riff, man. Just the riff? And the drums. Yeah. What yeah, about the drums? And it's catchy, man. So catchy. Yeah. Yeah, people don't think about that song. Right. But it, it rocks. The chorus is good. It's just a sweet jam. Sweet jam. Dude, that is a jam. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Crank that on 11, man. Right. Mm-hmm. So are we ready for mine, then? Yeah. I think the best song on the album, as cliche it is, as it is, is it's it's got to be Interstate Love Song. Yeah. get the idea people um that song is just there's i say this about a lot of songs so maybe that lessens the impact of what i say when i say this but to me if that song came out in place of smells like teen spirit like stone temple pilots might be the bigger band really yeah that song it's got better crossover maybe it's not hard enough yeah yeah um I mean, smells like Teen Spirit is like smells like Teen Spirit is like a song that would uh, start a revolution. Sorry, I did not have your mic Dude. on, but now I do. Yeah, it did. Um, and maybe you're right. I just think that song is like people forget that how good it is. Yeah, like people. I don't know. I think when you think of uh, the best songs of the '90s, Interstate Love Song doesn't get thrown in there, but if you actually played the best songs of the 90s for people mm-hmm. and they could pick their favorite, it would be way up there. Yeah, people would, like, not in a bad bo- way, but forget about that song. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, yeah. Right, you know? right, yep. Um, it's just su- it's just such a good, like, sing-along song. Yeah. It's got the music so good. You can drive to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good driving song. Not just because it's called Interstate Love Song, but it's just like a good driving but, um, song. Psh. Yeah. So, super underrated. Um, let's talk about our most bogus. These are the ones that we don't like. It's hard to find on this one. But what's what's your least favorite Dude, song in here? Mine is Still Remains, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Let's play a little You can tell.
Okay, I like listening to the jams, but we, we should move through these a little faster. <laughs> Why don't you like that one, Sam? Dude, that is uh, the definition of a filler song. Oh, my God. Okay, please go on. Dude. Dude. <laughs> nah, it's a, it's not a bad song. It's just there's... It's just they made the song to fill up the album. Oh, my God. Okay. Still Remains was so close to being my hidden gem. Oh, yeah? It When I think of this album, I think of that song. Uh-huh. The chorus, the, the verse is boring. Yeah. Uh, monotonous. Let's not say boring. It's mm-hmm. monotonous. But, but like a lot of songs that I like, sometimes I think you got to have, not got to, but... It suits the song to have one part that's either kind of bad or kind of boring to make it obvious how good a different part is. Yeah. The chorus to that song is definitely my favorite of any on this album. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and I hate to say it, but part of it is the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of it is speculation on my part, a lot. But the lyrics, uh, he says, sing a song and pick a yellow nectarine or something like that. Then he says... Take a bath, I'll drink the water that you leave. If you should die before me, ask if you can bring a friend. Which is like so lame. <laughs> <laughs> but and I mean the if you should die before me part. Yeah. But the take a bath, I'll drink the water that you leave is more interesting mm-hmm. and more like, okay, he likes her. And I think there's something like what I the speculation part I'm talking about is part of me thinks that you write a line like the nectarine part followed by a line by like take a bath I'll drink the water that you leave and then if you should die before me ask if you can bring a friend I think what you say is like through all like um through all stages of love or a relationship uh-huh. or whatever that's that's how much he cares about this person. So what I'm saying is he re- represents the most like cheesy like childhood part of this relationship mm-hmm. as the if you should die before me ask if you can bring a friend. Like that's what a teenager says mm-hmm. to their boyfriend or girlfriend, right? But like the other stuff is a little more adult and a little more unique and a little more like this person has some experience. They mm-hmm. actually thought about what they were saying. Yeah. So, I don't know. I've always liked I've always liked that song. Mm-hmm. So it definitely is not my least favorite. My least favorite is a single. I think this song is just meh. It's kind of boring. Driving faster.
It's Big Empty, folks. That's my least favorite song on the album. That's it. I was trying to slide the volume, and I accidentally just slid the track. Anyway, I'm one and a half beers in. So, <laughs> so Big Empty to me, like, I get it. It's a single. The chorus is good, but, uh. I mean, come on. You know how I just said that sometimes you got to sit through a bad verse or a bad, you know, bridge or something to get to an awesome chorus yeah. that is that chorus is not worth the wait <laughs> i mean it's good but those verses are so boring see like, that that the verse makes that drum feel badass yeah yeah but couldn't they have done that drum feel like with a little less like droning before that i don't know i don't know couldn't they have just like done a different verse and then just dropped everybody out just so he could do the fill. Yeah. I mean, I know they didn't write the song for the fill. Like they wrote the song and then Eric Kretz, Kurtz, Kretz, Kretz. I think it's Kretz. He put the fill in. Yeah. But anyway, that's not the point. We're not here to talk about how that fill happened. What we're here to talk about is how shitty big empty. It's, it's not bad. Now, now that was their first single off this album, right? No. Because they played it live at the Unplugged. Oh yeah, um, you should. You can since I don't have internet's uh-huh. on this laptop. You can look that up. But I think the first single was uh, Vaseline or Interstate Love Song. Oh, I think. Well, maybe radio. Maybe they might have played it live. Maybe. Uh, yeah, Wikipedia that crap if you want. Um, and I'll just talk a little bit more. So, for me, Big Empty is just clearly I, I obviously I don't like it. It's just a it's a chorus. They were like we've got a great chorus. Let's fill it in with some verse or something. Is Big Empty the first one? Yeah. Well, 1993. Apparently that was the first single. No wonder that album is underappreciated. People listen to that song and then they're like there's nothing to write home about. <laughs> so so yeah, that's that. That's my least favorite according of, to Wikipedia. Of the whole album uh, so you're telling me if you were going to listen to this whole thing, you'd skip Still Remains, but you'd play... No, I wouldn't skip Still Remains. Would you play Big Empty? I don't know. Because I would skip the hell out of it. I don't know. I like that drum fill, man. All right. you can. <laughs> I would skip Big Empty. That's the only song on the album I'd uh, skip is Big Empty. Okay. All right. So anyway, moving on. So we like to do... This is my favorite part of any episode and that is da, 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 the hidden gems which we will never find a 90s term for that we're just going to call it yeah. the hidden gem and the hidden gem is any song from the album that we like that was not a single now this album was filled with singles yeah. okay so we've already heard unglued we've already heard interstate love song we've already heard big empty those were all uh those were all singles. But we also have Vaseline. Mm-hmm.
<laughs> I almost did the same thing again where I just slowly dragged the time back. But no, I got the volume right that time. Oh, what? Are you worried that you're muted? Dude. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I thought it was a muted man. No, and, and in fact, so we have this new contraption here that records us while we do this. And uh, it's got a lot of red lights and stuff. And I am worried that I muted us. Or I, I actually am worried that I stopped recording us at one point. But I don't think that happened. Yeah. We'll find out later. <laughs> we'll find out. Could be just a big blank spot in the pod. Boop. Boop. Okay. So that was Vaseline. Very close to my favorite song from the yeah. album. But a lot of these are very close. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was one single. The only one of two singles covered by the Wet Bandits. Here is the last one we haven't mentioned yet. Volume, volume down. Check. <laughs> so that that was Pretty Penny, which is, for me, it's a better version of Polly. Like it's not it's not like Polly, but Polly for Nevermind is like the acoustic tune in the middle. Yeah. To yeah, like slow yeah. to like give you a break. To me, this is just a better version of that. Like, it's the co- acoustic song in the middle that gives you a break, but it's so musically weird and yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said it kind of sounds like Led Zeppelin, yeah. which is totally spot on. Mm. Stone Temple Pilots sound much more like Led Zeppelin than they sound like Pearl Jam. Like, yeah. way more. Yeah, definitely. What was the cover you were talking about on Howard Stern? Uh, Dancing Days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have heard that as well. It's Their cover sounds exactly like it. Yeah. So, um, it is... Uh, there's, I don't know what I'm just saying. They're sweet. That's Dude, all. They're sweet, man. I mean, Led Zeppelin's kind of like the gold standard, I guess. Yeah. Not that you should uh, strive to copy Led Zeppelin. In fact, like Heart does a, they do a lot of songs. Um, they cover a lot of Led Zeppelin songs, and I somehow I think they're lame. I got, I like Heart, but some of their covers of Led Zeppelin songs, I'm like, come on, like it's a little. Yeah, I mean, know. it's really hard to cover Led Zeppelin. Yes, but that. Dancing Days cover was one of the few covers. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So Definitely holds up, bro. Anyway, so those are the singles. Pretty Penny, Vaseline, going backwards now. Pretty Penny, Vaseline, Big Empty, Interstate Love Song, Unglued. So we can, how many is that? One, two, three, four, five. So there are only 11 songs on the album. So we had six others to pick from. What was your hidden gem, Sam? Dude, Kitchenware candy bars okay now this song is 805 so i'm gonna skip around a little bit i 
for some reason I thought they were batteries. Just for a second, this is going to be very tedious for podcast listeners and for watchers, but we got to find the sweet part of this song. So I'm going to skip around a little bit. that's right i forgot that song's not actually eight minutes long it's that there's a hidden track very nice the hidden track that comes like uh in three minutes after that or something dude i love that song yeah it's good in fact that would be my hidden gem dude it's heavy man oh my god but when right that like how after the second chorus they just distort the verse yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's so hard john john like if 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 we were in a band, no, let's put it this a different way. Let's blame the fans. <laughs> if if people just wanted to hear the songs that rocked, yeah, and didn't care that they'd ever heard them before, we would be playing Kitchenware and Candy Bars. Yeah. Like that song is so good, yeah, and it rocks uh-huh. so hard in the middle there, and it, all all the rest of it's good too. It's just like one of those songs that is. It, it's like perfect. It's like Dude, a perfect the song. album. It's on a tasty treat. A, a very tasty <laughs> treat, like a candy bar. I like what you did there. So the good news for you, because you kind of gave me two hidden gems uh-huh. to like choose from, and and kitchenware and candy bars would be mine. But so you're kind of getting two, because I'm gonna okay. pick the other one. Okay. So the other one you mentioned to me was was meat plow, which is also sweet.
Okay. <clears throat> Meat Plow is awesome, too. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, that's like the mission statement of the album. <laughs> it's like, this is what we're doing, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, that's, an, I just called Kitchenware and Candy Bars perfect. Meat Plow is not a perfect song, mm-hmm. but it's, it's close. And what I like about both of them is like, they're so, they're written so well. They're both unique. Like, they're both kind of like, especially like Meat Plow has some weird chords in it too, like at the chorus and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And that's that's what Stone Temple Pilots are masters of mm. that Pearl Jam doesn't really do. Allison Chains doesn't really do. Soundgarden didn't really do. Nirvana definitely didn't do. Is putting weird chord voicings in songs, like odd, yeah. odd sounding things. And, and, and with clean tones. Uh, Allison Chains would do it, mm. but it, it would be so like distorted and m- metally yeah. that like <clears throat> you don't catch it as much, but you hear it like it's loud and clear yeah. with Stone Temple Pilots. Um, so that's a unique thing they did, but also they just give their n- songs the crappiest names you can think of. <laughs> like I, I get meat plows in the uh-huh. in the like lyrics of the song, but like come on. Do you think people are like excited to s- look at the track list and be like, "Oh, meat plow, yeah. that's cool." Kitchenware and candy bars, all right. That sounds like it rocks. Dude, the '90s were weird, man. They were. It's very '90s. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, um, yeah. So you kind of get two hidden gems because really, kitchenware and candy bars and meat plow were tied for you. I probably would have picked kitchenware and candy bars for Same. myself, but yeah. oh my gosh. They're both real. I I did have a hard time picking. Yeah, they're both yeah. sweet. So if you don't have, if you don't have, purple from Stone Temple Pilots, or if you've never heard it, or you just think you need to revisit it, my God, do it. Because at worst, one song is bad. Whether you whether you think that still remains or Big Empty, yeah. or something else. But like of the eleven songs. You gotta listen to all of them. Yeah, they're all good. It all goes together good. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah, album flows well. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of good stuff happening on that. <sighs> okay. Anyway, so we've made it. I think we've made it through episode one episode of season one. two. You have anything you want to say to the people, dude? The band that's rock, man. It's so hard. You know, and that that was maybe one thing I wanted to mention, I guess, was we just had our five-year anniversary. Yeah. Um, that's where the theme song came from, if we didn't talk about that already. I don't have anything queued up to play as uh-huh. we go out, so I'm just going to pick a random part in that <laughs> in that <laughs> in recording. It could just be rock talk. Uh, Who knows yeah. what will show up, but I'm going to start playing it now. Um, but it was, what did you think of that? The show? Yeah. Dude, it was badass. There, so many people came. Dude, yeah. 
and that that's just like we just need a big thank you yeah because you did not have to come the parking around that area is very bad and we switched the venue on people yeah and they still showed up they still showed man at one point they locked the front door yeah so more people couldn't come in that's crazy yeah i've never had that before that's so rock bro so rock yes yeah so anyway thanks for coming to that i think that's gonna wrap up episode one it's a wrap bro we'll be back next week yeah with more craig's crazy questions the fourth worst sophomore album of the 90s the fourth best sophomore album of the 90s and that was not a strong fade in (laughs) but it went from zero to a hundred really quick sam i only have one piece of advice for you what up get wet get wet Here's another curveball for you guys.